0: to the Crooked Table Podcast, where we discuss the world of film from a fresh angle. And now your host, Robert Yannis Jr. Welcome to the Crooked Table Podcast. This is Rob. And we have reached the end of 2020 for the Crooked Table Podcast, as well as the end of our conversation with Jackson Smith on The Matrix Reloaded and The Matrix Revolutions. Uh, so if you're just joining us, the first half of this conversation, which mostly covered either The Matrix sequels generally, the franchise itself, and The Matrix Reloaded is up now as a separate episode. So we're going to rejoin the conversation already in progress, starting when we shifted uh, exclusively, essentially, over to The Matrix Revolutions. So before we join the conversation already in progress, here's a little bit of the trailer for The Matrix Revolutions right now program smith has grown beyond your control you cannot stop him but i can and if you fail i
1: won't do you know what happened to neo he is
0: trapped in a place between this world and the machine world
1: bring me the eyes of the Oracle, and i will give you back your savior
0: Mr. Anderson, who are you? Look past the flesh and see your enemy. It's impossible. Not impossible. Inevitable. <laughs> In less than 12 hours, the machines will breach the dock walls.
1: If we have to give our lives, we give him hell before we do!
0: Can Zion be saved? Tonight. Future of both worlds will be in your hands, or in his. Mr. Anderson, welcome back. We missed you. It ends tonight. So, Inter Revolution's—it's very much focused on the, the military aspect of it. Obviously, that's like as you said earlier. So much of it is set in the real world. I think that's part of why the Reloaded yes. feels like so much more fun in a way just because the, it, there's more the, there's more of a sense of wonder a sense of anything can happen in reloaded and revolutions it's yeah. just there's there's a, it, it starts it feels very end of a trilogy in that it, it you know things start to feel yeah. sort of slightly repetitive slightly like oh okay this is you know we have the big scene uh the in the entrance to club hell with trinity morpheus and seraph trying to get to neo and it's like okay this is like the lobby shoot right yeah. but now they're upside down i mean it's still fun but it's also like we're running a little low low on steam here uh with certain aspects of this movie so that's one part that i i don't think works as well as they wanted to i think colin chow who plays Seraph, is such a boss in in that sequence and in pretty much everything he all the action stuff in these movies uh, is there? Yeah. Do you have anything to add on on the the Club Hell battle? And then I want to back it up, obviously, to the Train Man. Yeah.
1: Well, I I I I
0: get why people didn't really like
1: this one at the time because it's like, yeah, like what what all of the coolest action sequences in this franchise have all played on what is possible within the Matrix. It's like like right. the freeway sequence or um the the you know. Um I forgot what 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 you called it, but when when um neo's fighting all the Agent smiths like it's like right. it's it, it's like the the matrix is this playground where you can do all these crazy action scenes, and that's not really what the third one is like so like so much of the action takes place in the real world, and I think it was like i I can imagine being an audience member in two thousand three and being just disappointed by the lack of kung Fu in this movie um That being said, though, I think the attack on Zion is just one of the craziest and coolest battle sequences I've ever seen (laughs) in my entire life. I I think that sequence was just, like, astonishing. And I was actually really pleasantly surprised they were able to stage an action sequence uh, in the real world in this franchise and make it just as compelling as one of the ones set in the matrix but without all of the gu- the gunfu and the you know jumping off walls and crazy shit it was like it was like it was a great action sequence but completely on its own terms for its own reasons um ditto honestly with the final fight with agent smith it's like it's it's mm-hmm. this movie is really it's something interesting my um my roommate uh chris who i watch these movies with uh is super into fantasy he's super super into fantasy and and fantasy world building and and you know fantasy books and movies and um tv series uh and the third one was his favorite he was like he was like yeah this 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 is really really cool cuz he was like it feels like return of the king this feels like an epic f- fantasy Final battle showdown movie, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's kind of what it is. It's not. It's not like the first two movies, which were very much a blend of that, but also like sci-fi and kung fu movies. Like I feel like I, I, I feel like this third movie is very strictly like a epic." fantasy battle movie. That's just what it is. It's like it's it's like a Lord of the Rings movie. It honestly felt it felt most like watching Return of the King or Two Towers. You know, the that the, the Zion battle sequence definitely has big helms deep vibes. Uh, so uh, and it works I think I think I think that was I I I there was no point in this third movie where I was like, oh that was the wrong way to take it. That was a bad that was a bad call. That was a bad way to 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 explain this or wrap things up. Like everything all the chips fell felt felt like they landed in the exactly in the places that they needed to it just didn't necessarily look like the first two movies so yeah i get why the reception to it was a little bit more lukewarm but i still think it's great i still think it's a really great movie i think it's truly excellent
0: i'm also realizing now as we're talking about this how much conceptually the matrix trilogy shares with like the Back to the Future trilogy in that the first film sets up this Ooh, new yeah. idea. We're going to go back in time. You're going to see your parents or, you know, the, the real world, that, what you think is the real world, a computer program. Then the second one is like complete ape shit, back and forth, split timelines, aliens, ghosts, you know, all kinds of weird, crazy shit, of the architect, whatever. And then the third one, they're like, all right, no, we yeah. need to pick a lane. Settle down, get comfy in there and just let things play out, whether it's, you know, Western or sort of a a essentially a kind of post-apocalyptic war movie, which is where the Matrix Revolutions mostly sits, except for the beginning and the ending. Um, So I think that's an interesting interesting way to look at it.
1: Yeah. Oh, I gotta man, watch the Back really. to the Future movies again now. It's been a while since I've seen them. Um, but but yeah, I mean, like, look, I, the, good storytelling is good storytelling. And it's like, I think the reason, the reason I kept drawing comparisons in my head to shit like Star Wars or Lord of the Rings as I was watching this trilogy was because I think... Any story told in any kind of story told in that format and in that time and with that scope shares similarities in terms of the ebbs and flows of how things go and where the chips fall. It's like there's there's an intu- there's an intuitiveness to a good trilogy that I think um, I think the Matrix really taps into that um, other trilogies. <coughs> the sequels didn't necessarily ultimately (laughs) but uh but uh but got almost got there (laughs) um but yeah no so i i i definitely i definitely dig this one but it is it is definitely it is definitely like okay we've wound
0: everything up let's all just let's just watch it all play out let's watch it all go
1: where it needs to you know
0: Right. And it's supposed to be the big payoff for so many of those supporting characters we get tossed at us in the first like half hour of reloaded. And I think it kind of works in that regard. Uh, but I I want to back it up a little. So Neo has basically a, a literal sort of out-of-body experience where his mind is stuck in between the matrix and and the real world or you know, stuck in, in the train station, the mobile avenue with the train man yeah. character actor Bruce yeah. Spence from who was in actually Revenge of the Sith. It briefly on uh crap was the name of that planet i can't udapal he was the the tall dude with the
1: yeah no well i correct me if i'm wrong isn't he in uh he's in the mad max movies too isn't he
0: he's in i think road warrior maybe and he's also in the yeah, extended I think he's edition the pilot in road warrior in the extended edition of with Return Lord of the, the king the yes. mouth of sauron in that yeah yeah exactly so he's all yes. over all yes. of these yes. different properties yeah uh, but he has got such a, a cool great... presence. Like, yeah, he, does. he really does. Um, yeah. he's also in 2003, he was also did a voice in finding Nemo. So he was strangely one of the <laughs> highest grossing actors, like as far as which, you know, the performance, <laughs> the, the box office performance of, uh, of his releases wow. that year. Um, but yes, That's so, crazy. Uh, it is crazy. I, I, I do love that whole sequence though, in the train, uh, in the train man, uh, you know, the train yeah. station there with Sati and Ramakandra, like it's, it just weirdly hits me in a very emotional way. The, the, where Neo is learning for the first time he's, he's, you know, he's never heard programs talk about love and, and uh, Ramakandra saying, I love my daughter very much. And I'm like, fuck this thing, this works. Like, I don't know why this works, but yeah. this scene works so so well uh the you know the importance is they love the uh the importance is the connection the word implies it's a real coming from you know the wachowskis it's a real it's a it feels like a message really ahead of its time in a way too coming from from them specifically Mm -hmm. it feels like a, a a real like uh inclusive sentiment back in a time you know when you know they weren't able to uh, to, to tackle issues of gender and identity and things like that in in the same way mm-hmm. that they can now in that LGBT, you know, community. The LGBT community wasn't as accepted in mainstream pop culture. Like, you know that they would have put a lot more of that kind of stuff, uh, that kind of content in these movies and tackled them like they did in Sensei yeah. Had the, the culture been up One, to that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead.
1: One thing I I, I sort of... T- to, to, to build on that and and this was something mm-hmm. i i I don't know why I noticed it this acutely on rewatch, but these movies are so diverse like so mm-hmm. so diverse like the, the 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 commitment to casting like really excellent actors of color in 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 all kinds of different roles in these movies was so so ahead of its time like i, I like I think about like even movies nowadays are don't feel as diverse as the matrix movies do. Like it's there like it's it, 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 diversity a lot of times in movies nowadays feels like oh well, we'll put a we'll put a black person in there. We'll put one per- mm-hmm. black person in there because we're woke, you know. Whereas it's like these movies, you don't even really notice it, but like half the cast is black. Like it's it's it, you know and I think it just speaks to just how like the Wachowskis are just like good people deep down i think and i think Mm. i think they have such a positive forward they they have such a positive forward thinking outlook on on life and and culture that they you know you know it at the at the time they were just like yeah we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna cast our movie with you know people like they're not gonna just just not gonna just be like white ass movie stars it's gonna be like lawrence fishburne and jada pinkett smith and um you know uh what's her name who plays the oracle like it uh Gloria Foster like it's it's it it is it's so incredible and and was so ahead of its time and yeah it's like i i think if they'd have gotten to make if they'd have gotten to make the matrix trilogy like probably post 2010 would there have been queer would there have been queer characters in it of course of course mm-hmm, there would have 100%. you know it's like they they, they you know i i Uh, I love him so much. Yeah. But it's like, you know, like even in even in that's even in that scene, even in the train sequence, just like making that like an Indian family, you know, like, I love that whole conversation, too, that he has about karma. And it's like, he's like, you're a machine, how can you believe in karma? And he's like, what's the difference? You know, we all we all have purpose, we all have fate, you know, this is all these are these are things that are not unique to just humans. Now, it's like now that there is artificial intelligence, yeah why why can't machines fall in love it's 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 a whole new subset of humanity that has gotten made and i think i think that's what part one of the things i really love about the third movie acutely is that it really goes into like look no now we live in a world where the machines are also people you know the machines are also people and what happens to the people in that machine also matters you know it's like like neo doesn't just he doesn't just save the human world by the end of the series he saves the whole world and i think it's like i i i think it's it seems like this one in the train station that really that really build just how important that is that it's like even though even though the machines are the the oppressors like they're you know they're, they're these programs are still they're people now you know we you have mm-hmm. to deal with that you have to take that into account
0: Well, in the marriage of karma slash, you know, purpose, it's kind of, you know, he he defines karma as what I am here to do again with purpose. It's sort of the marriage of, you know, this is your, this is your purpose. This is what you're air quotes destined to do, but you can choose what your purpose is. You can, it's those two, those two elements aren't mutually exclusive. Uh, And as you were saying, this franchise up to this point has painted the machines as a hundred percent pretty much villainous. the Merovingian the agents like there's been no real empathy for them until this scene where neo's like oh crap there there is another side of the story that we're not hearing because we're only on you know we're we're in the in Zion living in our little our little bubble and sort of demonizing all the machines when they're... I'm really looking forward to you watching The Animatrix because there is a two-part thing called Mm -hmm. The Second Renaissance, parts one and two, that discusses like sort of the rise of the machines, the struggle, the early war that leads to the creation of The Matrix, all in like, I don't know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes or something, both parts together. And it, it goes through a lot of this and you sort of see how the machines were initially... Just wanting to be treated like as equals, wanting to be you know sort of a- a- accepted, and how that sort of went awry and led to them sort of uprising against humanity, and and uh, and then humanity scorching the sun, like, like Morpheus says. So there's a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of that backstory, I think, is in there, and it, and it, it's, it takes until the third movie for the franchise to really sort of uh, unfold uh, the complexities yeah. in the machine side of things.
1: The, the 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 mark of a great I think the the mark of a great story is complexity. It's never just one thing at once. It's never that simple. It's always many things, and it's like that's what makes the Matrix such a great story. Is that it's not just humans good, machines bad. It's that you know no, this is a myth about our relationship with technology. And it's like it it, right. it 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 takes what what the birth of AI might look like and 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 frames it in a way that feels like epic and religious and mythic, but like still still on, is is still honest about like what that would what that would look like and what that would feel like you know in the context of our modern world and it's you know I, I I love the third movie particularly I love Revelations because it's so it it deals so much with that it dives so headfirst into that um and you know even just down to making Neo. A bridge between the two worlds, making him mm-hmm. capable of seeing, like seeing, like I, I, I love, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping around in the movie. Sorry, but like mm-hmm. I love, I love that he, I love that he goes blind because it's like now his only way of seeing is through the machines, and it's like right. the fact that he has that is, is allows him to keep on fighting and keep on moving it's um
0: oh it's excellent I don't know I do don't know why people hate this movie I think this
1: movie's great
0: <laughs> yeah I don't hate I don't hate any of them I, I think the, the drop in quality between the first one and the sequels is noticeable but I do think the sequels are like I, I are I, I acknowledge them as canon I've rewatched them several times like I said I was uh in college when these movies came out so I would put on the whole trilogy kind of back to back to back while I was like working on papers or whatever in the in the background just because nice. I was so wrapped up in yeah in this uh in mm-hmm. this world you know back in the day. And um getting back to the Club Hell thing, we got a little more Merovingian, a little more Persephone. Uh there's it feels like mostly the the movie kind of reaffirming Um, Trinity and and Neo's bond of how far she's willing to go to save him again. And I do love that we get the drop of the Merovingian saying that he wants the eyes of the Oracle and then they can only be given, which I was like, oh, so that's why the Oracle has to submit to Agent Smith later on, that kind of thing. I thought that was a nice little bit of foreshadowing, which I didn't pick up on uh, in previous viewings. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I love the reunion with Trinity and Neo in the train station, and the Don Davis score kicks in. All mm-hmm. of that, uh, but it it does mm-hmm. feel sort of like you know the first twenty five minutes is kind of unfinished business, just kind of wrapping things up and gearing up for uh, for the 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 revolution of the title. Uh, is there anything Let's about the that first? It's the Job of the Hut sequence. Is, yeah, hundred percent Job of the Hut. It's yeah, it totally
1: is. it's it's Job of the Hut, but with the Merovingian yeah, instead of Job of the Hut is basically what it is. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Only Merovingian doesn't die, so he'll uh, he'll be back. And plus he's a program, so I don't know if he. I he'll guess he back. could be totally yeah. But yeah, we we love. He, he's he's. I a mean, ton of
1: fun. is anyone really dead in
0: Star Wars? Is anybody really dead in Star <laughs>
1: Wars? Like, who knows? Job the know. Hutt I might saw, be
0: alive. You know. I saw Job of the Hut get choked out. It looks pretty. It looks pretty. Uh, pretty permanent not there. Um, <laughs> he's not coming back through the fourth or anything. Um, uh, Jabba so the Hutt, we get... a Star Wars story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would watch that actually. Wasn't it? think Guillermo del Toro who was like, I want to make like a you know Godfather but like Jabba the Hut style, and uh, that would be. Oh, amazing. did he like, say that? Something like that, like years ago when they oh, were like, "Who yeah, standalone movies of?" I'm like, "Please do that. That'd be great." Um,
1: you, know, you know, if del Guillermo del Toro, Toro did that, it would be good. It would be really good. But only if Guillermo del Toro did
0: it. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, then we get to the scene in Revolutions that I think everybody, including me, was really waiting for, where uh, he goes to see the Oracle, and it's basically, you know, we finally get a little bit, he's like, he, he, he goes there, he's like, I have these questions. Why did I do this? What did this? And uh, me, is sitting in the audience, was like, yeah, what up with that, dude? uh give us some answers (laughs) so we get we get sort of kind of answers we get the power of the one extends beyond this world the architect balances the equation the oracle's job is to unbalance it and she wants to end the war and it really just kind of keys up the epicness of smith v neo dawn of matrix or whatever you want to call that um yeah what are your uh (laughs) this is and this is where we get the whole opposite negative the equation trying to balance itself out Uh, i and again gotta love that like ep- that like grand uh scope of uh good and evil kind of clashing uh any mm. any thoughts on that scene and sort of because the, the smiths are about to show yeah. up and take care of the oracle in a second oh yeah the the the
1: the it it, it lends the story like a, a mythic quality i feel like like yeah. it, it it stops being like it's not like like Smith stops being just like a nuisance and he starts being like an actual threat. It's like no, 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 no you don't get it. He, it's not that he's just like a a virus that's got out of control. Like he is your, he is your, he is the yin to your yang. He is your cosmic opposite. Like if you don't, if you like, it's it's it is. I, you you mentioned Harry and Voldemort earlier, and I think I think that's mm-hmm. a really apt comparison. It's like 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 only one can live, like, like, uh, like they're, you know, one cannot live while the other survives, whatever, you know, it's like that kind of thing where it's like, you have to, you have, you have to defeat him or else he will literally destroy everything, you know? And, 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 and then, yeah, I love that they follow up that scene with a really, really clear look at what that looks like. Like, I, honestly, I think that the, the scene where the, all of the Smiths, Show up and possess everybody uh, and steal the oracle is is probably the closest that this series ever got to like outright horror and mm-hmm. it does it really well it's 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 a really really haunting little five minutes of movie where you get a where you really understand just how how great the stakes are and how powerful Smith has become, and you also get perhaps the the f- most hysterical Evil villain laugh <laughs> in a movie ever.
0: Yes. Oh my god. So it's yeah, it's amazing. Uh, it's it's also for for Neo. It's the scene where he's you know it's the scene where the movie really lines up the fact that you have these two trains speeding towards each other and they're going to collide. Yeah. you know he had the threat of the the machines digging to zion smith taking over the matrix and beyond as we we're about to learn in a few minutes but yes the scene with smiths uh mm-hmm. the smiths not the band the the agent smiths um <laughs> catching up with sarah <laughs> sati quotes quote sati with the the cookies need love like everyone does uh the the not such a bad guy <laughs> once you get to know me all that like weaving is on fire in this scene um he he like oh oh god the uh the moment with the oracle he's like uh freaking out like oh why would she stay why wouldn't she leave he picks up the cookies and throws it like maybe you maybe you knew i was gonna do that maybe you didn't like he's starting to crack even more (laughs) than usual He's like that that, if you uh it's like if you did that meant you you placed that there on purpose you know purposefully you know, that whole, I love it. It's so great. And then kind of punctuating with the, with the laugh that's probably, as you sort of alluded to, one of the best, like, laughing gifts of all time that I feel like periodically over yeah. over the last year or whatever, when we were talking about doing this episode, we would just drop that GIF in every once in a while just because it's, <laughs> it's like, the perfect encapsulation of how it's much perfect. fun these movies yeah. are and how much fun weaving yeah. is to watch. Uh, so great. He's amazing in this.
1: I also I, I love it too because it's like I think Agent Smith, you know, his, it's it's not that he's trying to become human, but it's like he's free from he he is free from being just this like, you know, deterrent program that just exists for one purpose, and 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 I I love that laugh so much because it's like it feels like he's trying like it feels like he's like I'm laughing I'm laughing right that's totally what I'm doing I'm laughing but he's like not it's like it's it's like forced in the best possible way it's like forced in a way that makes his character even funnier even scarier it's just and it's it's just one of the most memeable moments in all of these movies
0: No, it's like halfway through that laugh, his eyes kind of like turn inward or something. Like, it's just like his (laughs) eyebrows kind of arch in a a different way. Like, it's it's, it's crazy. And of course, it works from a character standpoint too because he's taken over the Oracle. So he sees... I know it does. I've seen it. He does that whole... Yeah, he's seen up to the, mm-hmm. the choice that he doesn't understand, going back to what the Oracle was just saying. Yeah, it, it's, the writing is so yeah. it's so clean, and everything like you watch it the first couple of times and you're like, "I don't know, understand what the hell is happening." This is like really <laughs> complicated and dense, but the more you watch it and the more you think about it, and the closer you, the closer, uh, you pay attention to things, it, everything is the setup and payoff is all there uh it's to, to, it is to yeah. you know it, it's all out on the table there's not it's not like the the wachowskis are pulling pulling things out of their ass i mean they are as far as it's a science fiction world and they can make up the rules as they go along but they they <laughs> sure, set things yeah. up that pay them off it's not just well where did that come from now there's you know now now uh yeah i don't know it's just it's great it, it's it's really strong uh storytelling i think too it's 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 why it is. even it, the crazy moments like that really really resonate.
1: I, I again, like I think I think the cohesion between these three movies is so much stronger than it is with most franchises nowadays. Like like e- like even 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 the good star wars movies i feel like like even the original trilogy it's like you can tell like oh they brought in a different director and you know they wanted to take it in this direction or they wanted to add this thing these movies are like like watching these three movies back to back to back is the most gratifying thing ever you're just like oh wow yeah no that all makes sense it's all there it's like Laura. it's like like watching lord of the rings back to back it's 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 it's, it's it is it is true excellence
0: yeah, and there's no time lapse between Re- Reloaded and Revolutions. It literally picks up, what, a couple hours later, maybe? I mean, Trinity took a nap right and everything. nothing's off. changed. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. it's, it's uh, And I love movies that do that. I love when, when you can literally watch a trilogy. And, you know, there's a few months or whatever between the first and second Matrix movies. But when you can do, like, Back to the Future, Lord of the Rings, these movies where you just kind of run through one to the next and there's not there's not those giant gaps in time like obviously we both love the star wars movies but you watch one and then it's like 10 years later then this happens and i'm like oh okay but what happened like in yeah, the middle i guess i have to exactly. watch an animated series or something to pick up on what's going on uh, so i love that kind of continuous exactly. three part story and and i think they they really nail that here mm-hmm. uh, so you mm-hmm. were saying about morpheus really believing believing in neo over the one and i and i think you see that uh extending also to niobe who volunteers her ship for him to take to the machine city even though roland and everyone else is saying like you're, you're out of here. roland's roland is that that one dude who's like very upset about everything he's i feel like he says like three times in this movie this person's out of their goddamn mind so he loves to say that yeah um, well he's <laughs> guy, the, he's a, a he's character. a realist i i yeah
1: yeah well i like that character because it's like he's he's the realist right like he's the one that after the battle of zion he's like y'all y'all need to calm like y'all need to get your head straight like the machines will be back in like 10 minutes here while everybody else is like celebrating you know he's and and i think it's i think it's i think it's cool because like yeah that means he does end up butting heads with morpheus and everybody who are like you have to trust neo to do this he's like i don't want to trust this guy i'm trusting you know what i see in front of me and i think i think I think what's cool about this movie is you see, you see the benefit of that, but it's like the benefit of that paired also with the hope that Mo- Morpheus has in Neo, you know, it's like, it's a, it's a combination of that and sort of the boots on the ground, you know, to, you know, hard edged. you know, we're going to, we're going to do what needs to be done. You know, this is how things are that, um that uh, Captain, um, Captain Roland really brings to it, which, um, which makes it such a great war movie, you know. I think I think you yeah. know, Revelations is if if I were to classify this movie in any one genre, I think it's I think this is definitely a war movie more than anything else. It's just a futuristic sci-fi war movie, you know, where they have met right, exactly. Yeah,
0: you know, I, I love the fact yeah. that I think Jada Pinkett is uh, Jada Pinkett Smith is so good in this movie too. This one specifically, she actually has things to do mm. in this film. She gets her again to go back to the the Star Wars thing. She gets her like Han Solo. uh, Kessel Run kind of moment, like later in the movie where where she's doing crazy things with yeah uh, with the hammer uh and it's really exciting to me that she's coming back for four as well uh I, it's it's interesting like I'm really curious what what we can kind of expect based on the characters that they sort of cherry picked from this trilogy to return for the next one because i I'm, I'm I'm wondering how Niobe fits mm-hmm. into all of that.
1: Well, I I I like Diobi a lot as a character, yeah. and I I do felt she was I did feel she was like a little underused in the movies. Um, I think it's I think I think she's good and it all works, but it's just like she's 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 such a fun presence and jada pickett smith is so wonderful i'm i'm very very excited to see her come back and i i hope it i hope it's in a i hope it's in a pretty sizable capacity because that's a that's a that's a car you don't want to keep in the garage you know Mm -hmm. that's a a character you want to use that's a that's a you know that's going to be a lot of fun and yeah i love her sort of when, what you know, because they, they set it up so beautifully, the, the ship has to like navigate through all these like service tunnels, and everybody's like, You mm-hmm. can't do that. That's impossible. And she's like, I'll be fine. You know, and, I've done it. Yeah, and then exactly. you see her, you see her like actually doing it in the movie, and you're like, How is it possible for them to like, it's like every, every, every single turn is like going up and down and around, and you're like, like Oh my gosh. You know, it's she's a great character. She's, she's, she's wonderful. I'm definitely excited to see her come back.
0: We have to talk about Bane stowing away on the the Logos and uh, Neo's face-off with uh, a very different version of Smith, who still loves to monologue. He's still like, li- toying with me. Nee. He gets uh, he gets such pleasure. I'd be like, "Oh, you still don't recognize me? Look behind these dull cow eyes!" And he still sounds exactly the same. as <laughs> You were saying earlier. Uh, I, I, I know, swear it was I, Hugo Weaving. I, yeah. It does feel like Hugo Weaving did the the voiceover and they laid it over, but I swear it's not. It, it, it's um, it's a really fun way to have Smith uh, to illustrate how pervasive a threat he is. I mean, it doesn't. This one doesn't mm-hmm. succeed either. Uh, it, it doesn't. You know, it, it just it succeeds in in blinding Neo which, as you said, is really interesting because it, it reveals that only way that he can connect to the world now is through the matrix, through the code. And it also plays mm-hmm. quite blatantly into the, the sort of blind messiah idea. Uh, what, have, what else about this sequence uh, really stands out to you? I, I also, when, before we get to that, I really love the fact that even when he looks at Smith through the, through the code, Smith's sort of uh, matrix visage still has on the sunglasses. That's cool.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. You got to have the sunglasses. It's a, yeah. that's, the, that's, the, that's the look. It's you know. look. That's, the, that's yeah. the
0: key to let you know.
1: Yeah, it's, again, it, I mean, it's like what I was saying with the ships. It's like, I think good design, whether it's costume design or production design or whatever, like good design is specificity. It's, oh, there is this little indicator that is going to tell you, oh, that's who this person is, or that's what this is. And it's like, I love that the second that you see sunglasses, immediately you're like, Agent Smith. Yes, one hundred percent. Like it's just mm-hmm. it, it's it's a it's a really strong choice and a really and a really strong indicator. but um, but anyway, to answer your question, uh, I think what I love so much about that scene is that it is it is in it is a fight scene between all these characters who have been fighting in The Matrix in the real world, <laughs> which was pretty which was pretty funny because it's like,, you know, when obviously, like when Trinity and Neo are fighting Agent Smith in The Matrix, it's like all this Beautiful, elegantly choreographed kung fu, and just like bullet mesmerizing. Time, yeah. And then you get into the yeah, and bullet time and everything. And then you get into the real world, and they're just like it's a slugfest. They're just like throwing punches and throwing each other into walls. It's like there's you know, I, I it, it's there, there's none of that balletic grace because at the end of the day, that's just not really how fighting works. You know, it's like like when your but bo- like when your body takes a punch in the matrix, they can kind of just like bounce back from it. But when your body takes a punch in the real world you're like oh i have a broken rib now well that means i'm gonna like move differently and this and that and it's like so it was that that scene was so crazy because i was like wow these characters have been fighting in virtual reality their whole lives and now they're actually having to fight each other in real life and getting to see what that looked like was just it it made it such like a guttural visceral scene i was like "Ooh, wow this is like this is this is what real fighting is and it's like it's it's painful it's it hurts you know that's a yeah that's a it's it's a tough scene um like like he's when he's holding the knife up to trinity's throat like he's like cutting her a little bit so she's already Mm -hmm. bleeding and it just like adds like an extra level of like oh god like oh get in there and fix it like (laughs) just you know it's um yeah, I, 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 I love how across all these movies, but specifically in this one, how, how, how well they distinguish the real world from the world of the Matrix, uh, just in terms of how people move, how they fight, how they interact with each other, how they bleed. Like it's all, it's all in the Matrix. It's all so heightened and stylistic, but whenever you're in the real world, it's real. It hurts. You know, it's, there's, it's bloody and, and gruesome and painful. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: What is that moment where she's he's holding like the hatch door open and she she's like kicking him in the face and it's just like this all this blood yeah. and like bruising yeah it's it's really intense uh, I also love the the sort of uh, twist reveal whatever you want to call it later on where he uh, Neo says to Smith about things uh, um, you were right all along it, it was inevitable. And that's sort of set mm-hmm. up here as a callback to. It's really rev- returns here as a reference to the end of the first movie, uh, with the sound of inevitability and all that stuff uh, in the in the subway scene. But mm-hmm. I, I love that they they kind of refresh it here so they can pay it off at the end of this movie. And I think that that's a really cool way that uh, you know it, it, the movie sort of ultimately reveals. Yeah, Smith was right. It was inevitable. Neo would had, had mm-hmm. to submit to him mm-hmm. in order to win. Uh, and, and I think that's such a, a clever way of reframing that that word and that uh, the fact that the fact that submission isn't always defeat. I think that's an interesting and that, that's also yeah. something that goes to the Last Jedi actually uh, with Luke Skywalker's mm-hmm. sort of sacrifice at the end there, which I think a lot of people completely misread. Um, but that's another conversation. Uh, that from it's, this point we're pretty much yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, respond. It was just so funny with the whole, uh, the you know, speaking of the Star Wars sequels, you know, you're
1: saying like there's that whole blind messiah trope, you know, where it's like he goes blind and like that's a that's a thing in epic stories, and I think back yep. in the in the original script that Colin Trevorrow wrote for uh the the third the ninth Star Wars movie Ray goes blind in the in the <laughs> in the last act of the movie and she has to see with the force right. um and it just I now that, that'll fit in really well with the with the whole thing but it's like I, I don't I don't think that third movie ended up having any real interest in mythic significance uh <laughs> no <laughs> uh, no not really anyway yeah.
0: Then, uh, so then we pretty much shift in hardcore into the the revolution part of the title. Uh, we get Mafuni's speech, and uh, you know I, I feel like this is all fun to watch, but it doesn't have again it doesn't it lacks sort of the freshness and the visionary uh, ness. That's not a word, but the vision of the first movie. And, and you know you get this character Chara who feels kind of Vasquez light, you know Vasquez of Aliens. Uh, Niobe's yes, run. We I got right a lot of big school. aliens vibes here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's cool. I feel like it goes on slightly too long for my tastes, uh, and it's a lot of you know the, the the characters we've met, but then also also a lot of either characters that aren't particularly well developed and or use stereotypes as sort of shorthand. Uh, so it's it's cool. I think visually, but it's from a character perspective. It's like I don't. None of the characters that we love are really engaged like Mafuni has a a scene in Reloaded and then shows up here and gives a speech and we're like oh okay that guy from the last uh, all right you know what I mean so I feel like that's the big problem here is Mm -hmm. that none of our characters are there at this point so we're spending like I don't know 20 minutes or whatever this this whole like ordeal is with the kid taking on Mafuni's mission and Z kind of helping to get the gate open and there's tension there with them getting the gate open in time for Niobe and Morpheus to show up with the EMP and uh, I'm realizing as I'm saying that how, com- how complex all of this is, um, which which again narratively works, but it's like the battle. I feel like the stakes are lacking because, like I said, none of the none of the the characters we love are really part of it
1: it's it is it is i think that's a bit of a problem in that way but i i i looked at the battle more as like it's as its own sort of like independent individual sequence Mm -hmm. um and and i think in that regard i think it's i think it's incredibly well pulled off i i you know yes are the mech suits a little too familiar i i yeah i i think they could have i think they could have done something a little bit more inventive with those but once the machines show up, like once they blow that hole in the top of the wall and like, and like all of the mech suits at once start like firing and concentrating all their fire at the specific point is just some of the most like breathtaking images in a sci-fi action movie I've seen. Like, like, I, I love how that, like the, when the machines move in, they move in like these like tentacles that like weave in and out of the, Mm -hmm. of the space in this like crazy, crazy way. Um, Like I, it's, it's, it, 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 it's, you know that bat yeah that battle has got so much complexity and there's there are so many different povs that you're following and the way that they i I think it's like even though yeah even though it's like you don't quite care about the kid quite as much as you care about like you know anybody else in the movie it's like you like when he like puts on the mech suit and has to like walk over to like the gate to open it up i was like freaking out I was like dude one sentinel could hit that guy and he would be over the edge in a second so it's like right, I think yeah, it's exactly. like I think taken on its I think taken on its own terms as a sound like little individual sequence I, I think it's just astonishing I, I I, thought it was really beautifully done um, and, and it, it, it I kind of like the freeway sequence I think it all crashes into itself really really well you know it's like, like I didn't even realize until about halfway through the sequence that I hadn't even seen Neo in like a half hour like I <laughs> Yeah, he even, does drop even out for see, a while. He like, yeah, and it, it kind of that's why I like it, it this movie kind of reminded me of Lord of the Rings in that way because it's like like there will be like entire like an entire hour of movie where you don't even see what's going on with Frodo and like two towers, but it doesn't matter because the battles are so intense and so well executed that you're just fu- you're just like laser focused in on the action, um, and then you get to the end of it and you're like, oh wow, oh my god, that was just one battle. We still haven't even. <laughs> We still haven 't even won yet um, mm-hmm. yeah no i was I was just i was i was really I was really impressed by it and 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 impressed too because the series like I said it had not really done anything like that up until that point, like all the action had been really concentrated to just like fun, crazy stuff in the matrix, but it was like it it really showed that like i I think that sequence really showed that you could still have really astonishing action in the real world it's just gonna operate differently it's like the people aren't gonna be fighting with their cool awesome kung fu moves they have to fight like these giant squid machines with like these giant mech suits but it was um as far as fighting giant squid machines with
0: giant mech (laughs) suit goes i i think this sequence was probably the best (laughs) yeah I do like I said, I do like the way it all came together with the uh the gate opening and and the kind of uh in intensity in that moment of trying to get it open before the uh the ship like crashes into it and and kind of and you know mm-hmm. I guess it kind of dooms them all. I do love that, uh but then we do eventually get back over to Trinity and Neo, and we actually see them fly over the fields uh from the first movie where the human beings are grown where all yeah, the pods are, yeah. which I thought was really cool. And I kind of forgot that we did, I, that the, their journey took them right past that part of it because it's been a while since I've watched these. So when they, but when they flew into it, I, I immediately recognized it's like, oh shit, that's right, they're going through the fields. Me too, uh, yeah. It's, it was, it's a really cool detail that I'm glad they, they threw in there to, uh, to give us, again, that sense of geography of the machine city and and, you know, where the fields fit in with the, the, uh, the source and um, and how they how they end up getting there by going over the the clouds and and seeing you know the, the kind of the beautiful clear sky uh, above what what is oh, sort of, what do you moment. think is yeah. the significance of, of that moment just like hope beyond the the darkness or or what is the what is that that I, moment to yeah, you yeah well I
1: it it's the last thing that Trinity sees, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about it, because like immediately after that, the ship crashes and she dies. But I, I I I love that you get her reaction to it. That she gets to it, before she dies, she gets to see the sky and just have this like moment of peace where it's like, wow, you know, this is this is the world. This is Earth, and it's still just as beautiful as it was before. Just you know, shrouded under clouds and. <laughs> Machines and shit, you know. I, I, yeah, I, I. That that moment is particularly meaningful to me because it is, it's, 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 it's kind of like a send off for that character. You know, she she fights so hard because she believes so much in, in 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 the light, in the hope that it's like you know, it's it's just it's it's great that she got to see that. Honestly,
0: yeah, she gets a little, she gets the uh the briefest confirmation that 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 is possible that there's still you know uh, mm-hmm. a sense of salvation for the human race and and beyond yeah like you're saying beyond all of this stuff uh and the, the battle with the machines that there is something perhaps more on the other side and yeah i guess it is sort of her her glimpse into i guess into the afterlife too she gets a little bit of of that moment before uh well she does have a, a kind of an extensive death speech, at least, where she gets to yeah say, yeah. Uh, t- she gets to express her true sentiment to Neo. She has a whole thing where she says, you know, last mm-hmm. time when I died, I, ha- I said, I'm sorry. And then I was like, oh, that's my last thought to Neo. I'm sorry. Uh, so I-, I love that the, it- <laughs> it, the movie is self-aware enough to be like, hey, remember the first one we killed Neo? Then we killed Trinity. Now we're going to kill Trinity, but she's going to acknowledge, hey, last time I died, I didn't get to do it right. So I'm thank you for giving me the second chance. Yeah,
1: it's. I, I remember again, like like talking about like when I saw this movie for the first time. I was like, uh, "Well, they killed Trinity. Oh, wow, you know." But it's like watching it. Watching it this time, I was like, "Wow, it's so. It is such a beautiful send off for that character, and so and so nice that she gets to have this closure with Neo, um, that she didn't necessarily the last time she died." her so to speak um and that she gets to sort of do it on her own terms i thought i thought i thought was really i thought that was really nice and again just speaking to carrie ann moss as as a performer it's just it's just a really really beautiful beautifully acted scene
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And then Neo speaks to X Machina, which is the giant machine, baby face, whatever that thing is. Um, Do they ever refer
1: to it as that in the
0: movie or is that just what they call it after the fact? That's what they call it in after the... I mean, well, I also, earlier in uh, with Reloaded, I I referred to that, the Smith battle, as the Burly Brawl, which I think is what they called it during production. That's what the the track on the soundtrack is called. The the one at the end is technically, (laughs) I think on set was like the super Burly Brawl. Uh, the one that we're about to get to with <laughs> Will Smiths. so they're just yes. like, yeah, it's just like behind yes. the scenes, like shorthand for the different sequences. Uh, but yes, I, so mm. he kind of, you know, strikes a deal with the machines. Uh, Program Smith has grown beyond your control, which I love. You got, you gotta love when the hero and the villain team up against an even worse villain. That's a classic, uh, you know, storytelling yeah. device. And and I love the I, fact I that. Love Smith that I love that. It has evolved yeah. to that point. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
1: No, exactly. Well, no, I I love. I it was. It was. It's, it was one of the things that I feel like I really appreciated on this rewatch was that it was like, at, at the end of the day, the the machines were going to be like the 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 machines had their own version of a pandemic, and that version and that was Smith. You know, it was it was a right. disease that was literally going to wipe yeah. out their entire. Nice source of power and it was like and and i and it like if if you asked me in the first one if you asked me if what i thought the final confrontation between neo and the machines was going to be after the first movie i would not have guessed anything like that and yet it feels so right because it's like Mm -hmm. the only way that he's able to to defeat them is literally by bargaining with them. He's like, look, you, you, you have a problem and I am the solution to your problem. It's, it's, it, it, it's really interesting. Cause it's like, I, I, it makes me even more curious to see what the, what the fourth, what is going to be like, because now I think Neo isn't just the savior of humanity he's the savior of the machines he's literally the one who came in and saved them from a virus that was going to absolutely wipe them out um right and like like I love that I love I love that moment after he dies. I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but that moment after he dies where the machines just like gracefully like Jesus, like put him put him on a thing and move him move mm-hmm. him away. Like it's it's so like it's it feels so reverent. So I'm like, I'm very curious to see what what the machine's relationship with Neo is going to be like going forward in the series, since it's like in 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 sort of confronting Smith, he he completely changed the paradigm of how they behave towards humanity um and it's it's monumental and it's and it's and it's and it's i think even more i think it's even more powerful and interesting than just like oh the humans beat the machines and destroyed all the machines it's like it's so it's so much more complex and nuanced than that there's like there's economics involved there's you know like there's a virus involved it's like it's it's there there are stakes for people on both sides it's you know it's part of what makes this such a cool conclusion It like it, it isn't it, it like it isn't banal and simple in the way that i feel like a lot of third chapters end up being it's like no it's like no we're gonna keep we're gonna keep asking questions about the world and keep asking questions about the characters and keep making it even more interesting and complex
0: yeah no totally and not only not only does that is that how the the conflict with neo and the machines ends the co- way the conflict like we sort of already touched on the way the conflict with neo and Smith ends it doesn't neo's doesn't like, doesn't like punch Smith really hard. I mean we have the slow motion punches across the face, which are again really really fun uh, but <laughs> awesome. but then it's then he he gives in to Smith, which is thematically satisfying but you know uh, not what you expect and also just as a side note there was a another there was actually there's actually been three video games based on the matrix there was the matrix online which had a continuing story and there's a whole thing in there which i didn't play that but it was live from 2004 to 2009. Where Morpheus is like a World of Warcraft type, type game, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Mm. Morpheus is supposedly dead, but it's unclear. His his body and Neo's body have never been really found, so it's unclear what the hell's going on with that, or even that that's going to be canon with the board one. But there is a alternate ending to <laughs> the, the revolutions after the Super Early Brawl in this other game called The Matrix Path of Neo, where you get to that point Ooh. and. I think there's like this, um, there's like these very like rough animated little figures, and I think it's supposed to be the Wachowskis, and they're saying, yeah, you know, we we this is how it goes in the movie, but that's not very satisfying <laughs> for for a video game. <laughs> so here's something else that we've oh came we've come up with, and so Smith like becomes, I think he takes pieces. I think there's pieces of the buildings and vehicles, and he becomes like a big mecha Smith, and this is what you fight in the final level, it's on YouTube if you care to get a glimpse of any of this. Oh mess. my gosh. Uh, it, there's a big Mecha Smith that you fight at the end of the Matrix Path of Neo because they, they're just trying to go for the most epic boss possible for the, the very last level of this video game uh, rather than you just being like, your your, your final mission is letting, you know let Smith take you know absorb you um i think that it's just it's just a really fun way to completely to completely flip it and then i think at the very end you see the sunset or the sunrise and it's like we are the champions is playing it's really weird Um, but definitely worth checking out
1: (laughs) oh my god (laughs) that's that's (laughs) i i I, well here's the thing i would have loved to see i would have loved to see all of the smiths like, like form together into one giant like mecha smith um uh-huh. but I, I i would not have wanted that to sacrifice the actual ending to that battle which i think is like really cool and really beautiful uh so but that would have been cool to see maybe they maybe they i bet they wanted to do that and then they just didn't have the money to i but they were maybe. I mean, they were like like Warner brothers giant mechsmith, smith and they were like you can have everything but you can't have everything <laughs> but uh, I I love that I love that battle sequence though bet- bet- yeah, between do him do. and Agent Smith where it's like raining it's just oh oh it's so cool um, like when they're like falling down between the between the buildings and you see like all of the Smiths like looking in from the windows it's just like mm-hmm. like this movie has just some of my favorite images in a movie that I've seen it's just it's just breathtaking you know when they like hit each other and like all the rain just like. <laughs> goes away and it's like this giant bubble of air oh, so cool
0: <laughs> there's also elements of like i got a little bit of revenge of the sith kind of element too and when, when they punch each other and they go both go flying back sort of simultaneously like how about the point of the battle is how evenly matched they really are so, like I said, with Man of Steel, and, yeah, and exactly. It's just these two are equally powerful. They were going to fight and fight and fight and fight and fight. And yes, certain points Smith oh, Smith is winning. Certain points Neo is winning. But ultimately, this battle's not going to end until somebody kind of brings the the stalemate to a close and, and chooses to do that. Uh, and, and you know, the, mm-hmm. fact, the fact that Smith can fly now—it's uh, a very anime-inspired mm-hmm. sequence. And I say this as someone who hasn't even watched that much anime. But I can tell know you could just feel it in the air that it's anime inspired. And it's hard for yeah, it's hard for yeah. me to imagine the Wachowskis coming up with and, and like Warner Brothers saying no to them because I feel like it feels like they were able to do so much with this scene. I feel like it's the kind of sequence that some people might be like, okay, this is overkill. But I, t- I, I think they can go fuck off. I think this is so much like it's, it's like, the whole point. I, it's it's, like it-, it has to be epic. It, 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 and the fact that it's darker that it's set in in night means that any of those little like c g imperfections that were so noticeable in the previous movie you can gloss right over it because it's it's easier to hide those scenes yeah here. exactly
1: i just like people who think that scene is over the top I'm just like did you watch to any of in- the <laughs> other matrix movies <laughs> like did you yeah. like yeah. oh my gosh i i yeah it's uh it's it is it is really i i think it is such a powerful i I think it's such a powerful final fight scene of this of this series because it's like at the end of the day that's you know that's what it's been about is this is this tug of war between between you know the force of hope and good and choice and the you know the machine like and i think smith is sort of the perfect embodiment of that it's just like this 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 thing this this intelligence that just you know can is has gotten so powerful that it's just consuming everything and it's like it's it is it is one of the most epic fight scenes in a movie i have seen and that it it
0: continues to blow me away of course we get the why mr anderson which again kind of like the uh the 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 speech preceding the burly brawl thing the, the purpose that binds us. Now we get the whole, why, Mr. Anderson, why do you persist? And he gets like a Southern accent there, which I was like, where did that come from? I was, like, wow, Mr. Anderson, why do you persist? I'm like, where did that come from? But sure. Uh, uh, <laughs> that whole thing about how, um, is it for peace? Maybe it's for love. And like, there was a point where I had that, a lot of that memorized. Illusions, Mr. Anderson, vagaries of perception, temporary, uh, temporary constructs of a feeble human intellect, trying desperately to, Justify an existence that is without meaning or purpose. This is from my memory right now. I'm not looking, reading anything because I've well, seen this so I, much. I, and I that d- monologue, needs great such job. Time. <laughs> Thank you. I, I just love yeah. the way he delivers it and the way that it's it's just it's good shit. He's, it's it's such a great moment. And I and
1: I love Neo's response to it. I love that response to it when he's mm. just like, I choose to, you know, I I, I because because I can. Because I, because I have that ability. Because it's because it is within my power to decide my own destiny. And it's like it's it's again, it's like it's it's his superpower. It's like it's not his superpower isn't that he's you know can fly or you know blow up buildings or this or that. It's like his superpower is that he understands that at the end of the day, you 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 make your own decisions and you make your own fate. And it's like that's that's something that. Smith just doesn't seem to have any concept of. He's like, "Why? What keeps
0: driving you? I'm so confused." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, he's so frustrated. It's great. great, it's, just great, like, it's, it's, great. It, it's amazing how yeah. he goes on for like I don't know a minute or in change, just like asking him, "Is it this, this, this? Multiple choice, motherfucker. Give me an answer." And then Neil's like, "No, none of those." I he's think, like, yeah, so close.
1: It's I. This this movie is so this movie is so like deliciously cheesy in that it's just like it's just not yeah. afraid to like it's not afraid to lead into these like huge 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 over-the-top moments that are just like 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 you, you don't even really notice that smith is monologuing in that moment just because you're like you're just so wrapped up in it um in all of it it's it's great
0: so then uh neo realizes that it's inevitable lets himself get taken over by uh by smith of course, it's the Oracle Smith, which is why, you know, which is why he's the one that's fighting uh, that, that, you know, because the rest of them just going to enjoy mm. the show, that whole thing. Uh, and then the deletion, uh, I guess, message starts getting sent out and Smith starts to glitch. I think when I first saw this, it took me a, a couple of watches to really be like, wait, what's happening? Um, I don't know if I was just really yeah. dense or <laughs> what, was deal- what was going on. But, you know, there's so much happening in this world is so complex that I think you don't really put together oh that's why neo had to do that because he's connected to the source and that's how you had to get smith touching the yeah. source so that the, the source could just delete smith uh like whole cloth from the matrix it, and, it
1: doesn't and yeah started. it doesn't explain it to like it's interesting right. in, in, a, in a series that's all about like explaining things to you it's really interesting how that last beat that final death scene is just completely communicated through visuals Uh, i don't know if it entirely worked quite as well as it should have since i i think i speak for both of us when i say that it didn't it was a little confusing on first watch but Mm -hmm. i don't know the emotion of it felt right it was like there was something there was something that rung really true about like what i was seeing on screen even if it was like i didn't quite understand until later what exactly happened you know
0: but upon rewatch, I think it it it's the it's the kind of conclusion that I think gets stronger and stronger the more you watch it, and the more you're like, oh, of course, this is the way it was inevitable. It's the only way this could end. I mean, how it it's it it it's a beautiful way to wrap up that that story, and for all for all mm-hmm. the the action and all the fighting that Neo does, his his real act of heroism was giving giving up, kind of like giving in to what his, you know, yeah. what he was capable of achieving in that moment. And and then you get that real cathartic, you know, the kid kind of running around. He does, he even does like a little hop at one point <laughs> that always cracked me up. It's like, the war is over. And he kind of hops yeah, up yeah. and runs around. I was like, Jesus, what a doofus. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, the war is over. The war is over. And you get that really like kind of uh, powerful moment when everybody's reacting start, you know, again, Link kind of leading the charge and the emotional response to something big happening. Uh, and you get the Morpheus and Niobe, uh, you know, thank you, Neo thing. Uh, I, I really like that, again, for all the stuff I've bitched about all these supporting characters, and I'm like, do we really need this many people? The way that it ends with Link and everything, I, I really think is is pretty, is pretty powerful and pretty special. And then especially being intercut with, like yeah. you're saying, Neo being sort of carried away, very much a messianic figure uh, by the machines, I think is it's so like, they're so careful with his body too. They're like, this dude is our Jesus mm-hmm. now. It's like, are they going to, is he going to be there one? Yeah. And like, yeah, like how, how is that relationship going to shift in four? I'm, I'm very curious. Uh, but before we get to four it, and our brief thoughts on that, but go ahead, you want to say something? Well, I was kind of, kind of that, you know,
1: I I, yeah. I I like I this movie, it doesn't end abruptly, but it, it, like there's no epilogue, like there's no, there's no, oh, and then, and then this happened. And th- th- There's mm-hmm. no, there's no Frodo going back to the Shire or, you know, celebrating with the Ewoks or stuff. Like it ends and then you're out of it, which I think, I don't know if you need anything else. And I, well, I mean, there is that scene between the Oracle and uh, the Architect uh, right. in the Matrix with the with the beautiful sky, uh, which I, 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 feel like too, is like, I feel like that sky is very evocative of very intentionally evocative of the sky, the actual sky that, um, uh, Trinity sees right before yeah, she dies when totally. they like, go right above the clouds. It's a, a yet another kind of like cool callback within itself, but it's like, it, it was interesting. Like I left the movie being like, Oh, well, what happens to humanity now? Like what, what happens to humanity in the machines and, 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 and the movie doesn't, concretely answer that and i and it it, it's a little frustrating but i think it's at the same time it's like it's it's cool because it allows it to exist more in your imagination after the fact you're like well what does happen now well it's like anything honestly like the, the the paradigm of the world has shifted once again you know now people can choose to leave the matrix if they want like there's a you know it's it's a it's it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a somber but weirdly hopeful ending which is why I, I, I love that thing that the Oracle says to the architect when he's like did you know that this was going to happen and she's like I didn't know it was going to happen I believe it was going to happen you Mm -hmm. know it's a yeah it's a it's a good it's a great button to the movie but it's not what i expected necessarily you know
0: for for sure yeah we we get the little uh first one i love the 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 matrix reloads uh and you get sort of the black cat kind of glitch which is reference to the first movie that it's a glitch in the matrix the black cat walks past and then kind of reloads and another black cat walks right past uh sati now has the purpose that i guess presumably she's the one that does the sun uh the sunrise and sunset within the matrix that's kind of her purpose as a program then now she has a place in this new world and yeah so we were sort of saying earlier the architect and oracle kind of like uh almost like betting humanity's fate uh and kind of you know, playing this, she, he even says it's a very dangerous game you were even playing or something like that. Uh, and it does, it ends with, an, mm-hmm. it ends not mm-hmm. with a period or an exclamation point, it ends with an ellipsis. And I think it's, you know, yeah. She, he, yeah, he asks, how long do you think, how do you think this piece will last? She's like, as long as it can. And I'm thinking to myself, well, it, about 18 years, hard time, I guess, because we're getting another one next year. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll find out exactly. So, you know, there's even they even leave it open for Sati says, Are we gonna see Neo again? And she says, She says, I suspect so someday. So what I guess that's a good mm. segue into what the fuck is gonna happen in Matrix 4? What do you wanna <laughs> see happen? I mean, I mean, thoughts, okay, it's coming out see? a year that's from a when question. this episode's being released. So I, yeah, I obviously we yeah, can't we're not gonna to- try and guess what Lana Wachowski has has uh you know what she's coming up with but where what would we sure. i guess kind of stuff we want to see in the broadest
1: sense in the broadest sense what i want to see is i want to see how the world has changed i i think i want what i what i want most out of that movie is i want a sense of cause like as the merovingian says cause and effect i i, I want to see Okay, so that's what happened at the end of that story. That's how things changed. What does that look like? Like, what is, what did that change about the way that the machines interact with humans? Like, is there, is there like a tenuous piece now? Have things gotten better? Like, are they like, like what, or have things gotten worse? Like, I, 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 my worry is that it'll do kind of what Force Awakens did in the sense where it's like, oh, well, people liked, people liked, people liked when these were the stakes let's just make those the stakes again you know let's empire rebels so on and so forth you know uh, you know i'm i'm my worry is that it's just going to be like it's going to kind of requel matrix it's just going to be like oh you Mm. know the humans are still at war with the machines and you still have to do this and still have to do this like i i'm 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 hoping that because it's lana wachowski who's a genius and really smart that they find a way to move the, move the story forward based on what happened at the end of the last movie in a unique and interesting way. I think that's my biggest, that's my biggest want. Um, in terms of like characters and stuff, I, I, I mean, I would love to, if Carrie Ann Moss is coming back, I would love to see more layers explored within Trinity and Neo's relationship. Uh, I want to see more cool Niobe stuff. Um, uh, well, but I also how, I, think, I think I think a.
0: Ab- I was gonna say the big thing is I think above we all have, else. Uh, sorry, go ahead. We, we have a little bit of a delay there, but go ahead. I'll, I'll wait till you're done. Oh, good. I all good. I I
1: think I I want to. um, I want to see new I want to see new action I want to see cool new innovative action I want to like all the other Matrix movies I want to see something that I've never seen before show me something Mm -hmm. that I show me an action scene that is completely new and completely innovative and completely unlike anything I've ever seen that's probably so those are my biggest wants going into the fourth movie I guess
0: yeah, for sure. I I don't want to see them try and retcon anything out of this. I know that obviously these the sequel, the two and three were less well received than the first one. So I would hope that they would still acknowledge all of this in its totality. And like you said, the repercussions of uh, of Neo's actions at the end of of the third film. Uh, I'm really curious the fact that we had uh, three main leads throughout this uh, this trilogy. Only one of which in the movies, you know, survives all three movies and is the one that's not coming back. So Keanu Reeves, I think it's pretty clear mm-hmm. how Neo can come back. How do you how do you think Trinity cause yeah. I mean this, these these can they could do anything literally in these films? That's kind of the fun of them. Yeah. I think Trinity could either be Trinity could even be a a simulation in the Matrix, not like I like how cause she's dead in the real world. So how were they how how would you like to see them sort of uh, reimagine that character, or or revive her in some way.
1: I I, I think what you said is best. I think I think a, a a a a recreation of her in the Matrix is a is a is a really is a really good way to go. I I, I it's with that it's 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 less what I want to see and more like what I. Don't want to see like what I don't want to see is I don't want like a oh the machines actually saved her and she was actually alive like you know like I, I <laughs> that always <laughs> feels like a bit of a yeah that always feels like a, like I like I don't know I I'm 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 kind of having a similar thing with Stranger Things right now like I'm like they're bringing Hopper back for season for season four right. um and I'm like but how are you bringing him back because I'm like how that's that's important like are you gonna are you gonna actually make it like interesting and different or are you just gonna like cop out and say oh well that 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 death scene that didn't that didn't mean anything that didn't really happen so um uh so yeah it's it's yeah like I said it's it's more of what I don't want rather than what I want but I more than anything I just want more Carrie Ann Moss because I think she's amazing right. so
0: yeah, no, I, I, I do too. I think that uh, there's rumors that Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, who was in Watchmen on HBO and in and, and the new Candyman, uh, whenever that is supposed to come out now, uh, that there's rumors that his character might be a younger Morpheus or something. But I feel like that's always just the internet being like, well, we had a Black character and there's a Black guy in this movie, so it must be the same guy. Um, kind of like what with if they Star Wars, Matrix, where everybody was like, it must be Lando's son. Yeah, exactly. Um but I, yeah, I, I it's not nearly as complex a franchise, but it's sort of like what Fast and Furious is doing now with, with uh Han, where it's like he's alive, how? He j- jumped out of the car, he has a twin, I don't know, who cares? Uh yeah, I don't well, want them to to that's kind of fast minimize. And furious, who does care? <laughs> well, exactly. Well in that franchise, yeah, who does care? But this yeah. this this series has always Never been about the shit. details and and so yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, I there any they could do whatever are the hell any, they want. Exactly. Are there any somehow anything about Matrix Reloaded or Matrix Revolutions we haven't talked about and I had a feeling this was going to be a unprecedentedly long podcast uh when I suggested this was it. Comprehensive. Is, oh god, I know. Well, I mean, all there's I, lots of this I will say to talk is about this, here.
1: Yeah, all I will say is this if you are listening to this podcast and you're the kind of person who saw these movies when they came out and were disappointed by what they were, I would strongly recommend not only revisiting this with fresh eyes, but revisiting the whole trilogy back to back with fresh eyes. Cause I think it's like, I, 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 I think if these movies would have come out nowadays, I think they would have been a lot better received um by both critics and audiences. I think just like audiences has gotten smarter. i think I think critics too have gotten smarter. And I think at the end of the day, I do think these are great movies. i I, I stand by what I say. I think this trilogy matches pace with star wars i think it matches pace with lord of the rings i think it is i think it is true true filmmaking excellence and if it disappointed you then i give it another chance because you might you might be surprised
0: yeah and i wanted to add too that all three of these are on hbo max as is the animatrix and if like us you're interested in seeing wonder Woman, huh what was that I just said, I wish I will watch. I'm going to watch it. Right, right, sure. exactly. And and if, like us, you're interested in seeing Wonder Woman 1984, not in a movie theater, you probably already have HBO Max or will be getting it very soon. So uh, might as well watch the Matrix movies while you're on there. Uh, Jackson Smith, can you tell people where they can find you on social media? So
1: my Twitter uh, is...
0: It's yes, Jackson C.
1: Smith, so it's a little C in the middle. Um, and then uh, if you just type in Real Screen Fever, that's uh, Adam and I's uh, Twitter account for our YouTube page. Uh, hopefully we're going to be posting more stuff on there uh, in in the coming months. Uh, and yes, I am. And then if you search Real Screen Fever on YouTube, that's uh, or just Screen Fever on YouTube, that's where all all of my video essays and uh, podcasts are. I am so fried. I haven't talked this long about a movie with any Anyone for a long time so if i'm a little jumbled that's why but yes no okay. jackson c smith 95 on twitter and then screen fever on youtube um yes yes and
0: that's where you yeah. can find everything awesome well thank you for coming on i know this went way longer than i think either uh, of us kind of expected but this it's we wanted to this give was these great this was awesome epic, epic treatment so uh this is I yeah by far epic the movies episode yeah exactly exactly all right, Jackson, I think that's pretty much all we've got. Thanks so much for coming on. We'll get you on again soon at some point. And uh, awesome. yeah, looking forward to Matrix 4 in one year. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for having me
1: on, Robert. It was a pleasure as always.
0: So there you have it. That was the end of our conversation on The Matrix Reloaded and The Matrix Revolutions. Big thanks to Jackson for coming on and doing that epic two-part uh, episode on those uh, those movies. And... That'll be it for the Cricket Table podcast for 2020 as well. Thanks everybody for listening this year, and we have a lot of exciting things planned for 2021. Probably going to skip the first few weeks of the year just to kind of recalibrate and get things ready and, and relaunch, uh, start the new the new year off in a uh, in a stronger than usual fashion. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, this has been the Cricket Table podcast, and I've been Rob.
1: This has been a production of CrookedTable.com.